Hey, this is Brian with Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. We worship on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock and would love to have you anytime you are looking for a place to worship. You can learn a little bit more about us online, midcityvineyard.org, Instagram at midcityvineyard, and on Facebook, midcityvineyard. I want to let you know we have a great event coming up on Sunday morning, October the 7th from 10.30 until 1 o'clock. The Blessing of the Pets out on Bayou St. John. You're going to have tons of food, uh, lots of great giveaways, and uh, all of the money that we raise is going to go uh, to helping rescue uh, or helping with rescue animals from Hurricane Florence up in the Carolinas. So join us on October 7th out at the Bayou for Blessing of the Pets. This week, our friend Newman is going to be teaching as we continue our series, Breathing Underwater. This one is called Regular Recognition, based on the 10th step of the AA program. Hope you enjoy. Much peace to you and to your family. Let's head on over to the podcast. When we started this series called Breathing Underwater, I asked Newman if he would uh, take some take a number of these teachings, and he willingly uh, said yes, and I've been very glad that he has along the way, because uh, Newman, Newman owns this stuff, and, and, and we're learning a lot teaching it, aren't we? I sure am. <laughs> so, I'll just go. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Brian. Welcome, everybody. Glad all of you are here. Uh, and I wanted to entitle this uh, teaching, The Man in the Mirror, uh, because uh, that's, that's the guy uh, that needed this, this program more than anybody. Uh, in a dungeon, in a dungeon, the Emperor Nero had the Apostle Paul in a dungeon that was attached to a place called Nero Circus where Christians were being tortured and killed for entertainment. And in that place, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Spend your time and energy for training yourself for spiritual fitness. Physical exercise has great value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. And then step 10. Step 10 is continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted that. And guys, by, by, the, by working this, this program that I work and um, by the things that Richard Rohr talks about in his book, Breathing Underwater, the program, what it gives us, if we work the program, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I'll repeat that. What we really have 
is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual fitness. This thing's not magic, folks. It takes work. You see, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities, all of them, not just the ones we choose. Um, but in everything we do, we need to practice these principles in all our affairs. In a Charlie Brown comic strip, Linus asked Charlie Brown, do you want to know what is the trouble with you, Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown said no. Two stare at each other for a minute. Then Linus says, the trouble with you, Charlie Brown, is that you don't want to know what is the trouble with you. And a man, after fishing all day and spending a small fortune to get a good, a good sunburn and a hangover, returns to the dock late and empty-handed. On the way home, he stops at the local fish market and tells the guy behind the counter, he says, throw me the five biggest redfish that you have. The guy looks at him kind of puzzled and says, throw you? The guy said, yeah. So I can tell my wife I caught him. <laughs> you know, I may be a terrible fisherman, but I'm certainly not a liar. Well, not much anyway. You see, people like myself, um, maybe like you, can justify anything. Um, Mark Twain once said, tell the truth, it will confound your enemies and astound your friends. More than that, it will save your soul. He also said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. It's difficult chasing lies, trying to remember what you said and who you said it to, and uh, trying to make those lies uh, truths in our lives. You see, the truth will set you free, but first we need to know what that truth is. For me... I had come to a place in my life where I, I hated myself. I hated myself. I lied about who I was so much to everyone that I started to believe my own lies. I didn't want anybody to know the real me. An addict, alcoholic, and liar that I truly was. You know, so I tried to build myself up to make myself look better and feel better. But in the end, I was only fooling myself. You see, everybody else really knew the truth. I was only lying to me. The more I lied to myself, the worse, the worse I became. You see, I could never really face the truth. I could never be satisfied with... Uh, the man in the mirror. You see, in AA, we work a program of rigorous honesty. This is uh, one of the hardest things 
uh, for us, for people like me, uh, the people that Richard Rohr talks about in his book, Breathing Underwater, the hardest thing is rigorous honesty. And I use the word work here because honesty isn't something that comes easy to us. Um, what comes naturally are the lies and the deception. Most importantly, it takes work. We must become honest with ourselves. And that's the hard part. You know, we must become honest with ourselves. Without that, we can't be honest with others. See, we never really know. We never really truly exist because the person we put ourselves out to be is a lie. You know, we never really know the true self. I think that is a big problem in our lives, the threat of honest examination and the thought of admitting our flaws is never something that we look forward to, right? We kind of get comfortable with them. Um, it's all we know. To admit our character defects to ourselves is to confront the most stubborn resistance that we have to our recovery. I'll repeat that. To admit our character defects to ourselves is to confront the most stubborn resistance we have to our recovery. You know, I'm using the word recovery, but, you know, recovering from what? I don't know. What's bothering you, people uh, who aren't like me? And I think we all have something um, that we need to work on. In step four, we talked about doing a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And in step 10, we continue to take personal inventory of ourselves. And when we're wrong, promptly admit it. When we're wrong, promptly admit it. You see, we can't afford the luxury of stewing in our wrongdoings. We do it long enough, if we hold up, we convince ourselves that we're justified. You see, we can't afford that luxury. Whether in our actions or our words, it doesn't take much for old behaviors to rear their ugly heads. I believe that we must hold ourselves accountable. In our recovery, God has given us the power of privilege, of choice where before we had none. The things that we were slaves to made all of our decisions for us. Um, the things, my addiction, made all of my decisions for me. I didn't make any of them, not on my own. It's amazing what we can do through consistent, disciplined effort have you ever watched an Olympic gymnast, right? Or any seasoned athlete for that matter, you know, how easy they make what they do look. It, it just looks simple to them. It looks like it comes naturally, right? When in all reality, it's the work of rigorous training, 
hours and hours and hours of rigorous training. Last week I was sitting here and I heard Nate. Nate, I heard you playing piano. The first time you sat down in front of the piano, I'm sure you couldn't play anything. But now through practice, you sounded great. Really did. I researched this, but I couldn't find an exact uh, system that he uses. But Drew Brees has a specific way that he warms up, and he never, ever deviates from it, ever. And it works for him. Whether it's in training camp or before the Super Bowl, it's exactly the same every time, down to the amount of water that he drinks. It's without exception. If it's at practice or in a game, a trainer places a water bottle at the 40-yard line. He takes the same route getting to that water bottle every time. He picks it up. He squirts three squirts in his mouth, touches the 40-yard line, goes out onto the field, and begins his warm-up. The same way every time. It's consistent. And it takes practice. Continuing our personal inventory daily requires similar self-discipline. It's not magic. In Timothy 4, 7 through 8, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. I'm going to repeat this again. Spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. This isn't something I made up. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Physical exercise has great value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. You see, spiritual strength and agility come only through practice. For me, it's practicing the principles I've learned through working the 12 steps, for others, it could be ex the exercises that Brian hands out, handed out tonight on his pink papers. He puts posts out uh, on a daily basis on social media. And, uh, but some way, we need to exercise our spiritual fitness in some way. Um, for me, I read a number of... Uh, daily meditations out of uh, different books and I try to think about them throughout the day and uh, you know they've helped me immensely in my life and, uh, you know we need to develop spiritual muscle memory through constant discipline and consistent practice through constant discipline and consistent practice by continuing to take our own personal inventory is one of the spiritual disciplines that we need to constantly develop and one where we can never let our guard down, not ever. You know, by practicing these things over the years, I don't think about um, this step anymore. It comes natural to me. When I say something that I feel was harsh or out of line, um, 
you know, I've come to a place where I try to find out within myself, you know, why I did that. You know, what just happened? And uh, if necessary, um, I'll make amends to the, the person I offended um, as soon as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, by practicing this, I, uh, I've come, um, it's come natural to me. Um, in James 1, 21 through 25, it says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message that God has planted in your hearts. For it is strong enough to save your souls. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't, you're only fooling yourself, for it is just, for if you just listen and don't obey, it's like looking in the mirror but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That's James 1, 21 through 25. Now, how many times a day do you look in the mirror? You like what you see. If you looked in the mirror and noticed that you had mustard smeared around your mouth, you had mustard on your face, wouldn't you immediately wash your face? Wouldn't you clean it up? Clean up the problem? In the same way, we need to often look in our spiritual mirror, right? If there's anything that needs to be cleaned up, any amends that we need to make, or see any places that we were wrong, we need to promptly admit it to ourselves, especially to ourselves, and to anyone else that we may have offended or hurt. So we need to keep our side of the street clean. We have no control of others, right? We can only um, control ourselves. You know, the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That prayer tells us that we can only change ourselves. We can't change others. And we need to know the difference between the two. Because when we start trying to control other people, it brings us to a, to a scary place. By taking a routine personal inventory and responding immediately, if something's changed since we last looked, since we last took a look at ourselves, this is so very important to me. You see, if we put off taking care of a problem, it might slip your mind. 
just as we would think it foolish to walk around with that mustard on my face all day, in the same way, it just doesn't make any sense to notice a problem that resembles our old behaviors and not fix them promptly. As soon as we can. You see, these character defects can start to snowball, and before you know it, we're moving in the wrong direction again. You see, I believe that our addictions, whatever they are, that they control us. They make us slaves to ourselves. Our way of thinking, judgmentalism, drugs, alcohol, you know, whatever yours might be, they're all cunning, baffling, and powerful, guys. They're cunning, baffling, and powerful. They sneak up on us when we're not looking, and they want us miserable, or worse yet, dead. Our worst enemy. I think the key to working this 10th step is the word continued. Continue to take, excuse me, to take personal inventory, and we will be wrong promptly admitted it. You see, after we finish working the first nine steps, there's really nothing new. But instead, there's a continuous working of what we've already done. It's about continued progress and growth. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, my opinion, I think that this This one passage sums up the Bible in its completeness. Not only that, it also sums up these 12 steps. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's what God's teaching us the whole time. And I think these commands represent clearly Clearly, steps one, two, and three are the heart. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Steps four, five, six, and seven are about the mind and all the the work we've done on ourselves. And then nine and ten get us right. That's what Brian talked about last week where we make this list of all people we've harmed and then Make amends to them whenever the opportunities come up. As these things fester, they fester in our souls. We really need to take care of them. And then in step 10, we continue to work on everything that we learned, discovered about ourselves so far. It's about continued growth. And by doing these things, working on ourselves, we learn to accept, I've learned to accept and love the man in the mirror. The same one I used to look at and hate and despise. You see, because 
God's made me a new person. The guy I looked at today is not the guy I used to look at. I'm born into a new life. Through God's grace that's undeserved, I didn't have to do anything to earn it. It was just freely given to me. See, we learn to walk in the sunlight of the Spirit. We learn to walk with God. And we learn how to breathe underwater. And then I have in parentheses down here, invite Brian up to lead us in worship and communion. <laughs> but I don't guess we're on the same page with that. So uh, it's all good, man. So, uh, so let us pray, God. Father God, thank you for all the things you've showed us, Lord. Thank you for all the things in our lives that you've given us. Father, thanks for all the things in our lives that you've taken away. Thank you, Father God, for the things that I was able to keep, like my life. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, thank you for the friends in this church today, God. Thank you for this communion table with all of our stuff that makes up Mid-City Vineyard. And thank you, Lord, for the love between us, Lord, between all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.